Hi again, everyone. Welcome to Radio MVP, episode 140 of the Sports Podcast. Anthony and Tim with you here today. Yes, I did say Anthony after two weeks. Anthony did join us a couple weeks ago, but I screwed up the recording. I mentioned that before. But he is here, and the recording I'm watching right now is actually working properly. Let's knock on wood, right? <laughs> it's nice to be back, and like we said the last time, it seems like this time of year, once the Memorial Day weekend hits, everything flies by, and you got this to do and that to do, and it's, you know, it's... It is. It's, it's, it's tough to get to everything. And then you add in, not your responsibilities, but things that you have already put on your mm-hmm. calendar. Like for, you, like for yourself, you have Indians yep. games to get to mm-hmm. because you have season tickets. Mm-hmm. So you know two, th- two days a week or three days yep. a week during the summertime, you're going to be, you know, headed to Cleveland yep. to watch a mm-hmm. game, especially on a weekend. Like, you know, this weekend, for yep. example. I don't know if you had tickets for this yeah, weekend Yeah, Friday night, yeah. Oh, you get the rain fest. Yeah, we, uh, you know, it's funny because this was the first two months they didn't give you your normal normal games. They just, with the, you know, the pandemic, they picked and, and chose what, what game seats you got. You got. Sure. Yeah. So we got tickets Friday night, and all Friday I'm checking my, my computer check, and I got WKYC on, I got the Weather Channel on. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way they play this game. And I'm I'm looking at the Indian stuff, and nothing yet. I'm checking my email, nothing yet. I text my answer. There is no way we're playing tonight. There is absolutely no way. And about 45, 4 o'clock, I got nothing yet. I'm in jeans, a hoodie, and a jacket. And I'm like, that's probably not going to be dry enough. I didn't foresee planning to play tonight, so I didn't pack my rain pants or anything else. And we get up there. Tim, I've been in, I've been in some crappy weather games. I've seen YSU in this. Um, oh, sure. I went to the Ohio State game a couple years ago because Miami, when they actually called the game early because the heavens just opened up and it deluged. That was only for about an hour or so. I think the worst weather game I sat in was Notre Dame from 2012. Just cold and damp and it rained and, it, you know, missed it on it. You know, nothing compared to Friday. When you're sitting there and you have an active gale force wind warning out for 48 hours. And my aunt turns to me and she goes, are we stupid? And I said, I, I don't know, but we're everything but smart right now. <laughs> I mean, you can hear the wind just... You can hear the flag just clanging off the pole and just, I mean, just whipping. I can't remember who hit the home run, but how hard was that ball hit? Joe, you know, it's funny. We walked in. My aunt said, there's nobody hitting the home run tonight. And I said, I said you're probably right. I said, I'm going to be surprised. It's probably going to be a higher scoring game than you expect. And when Panic hit that home run, it's not, right. you know, he's a nice, but he's not a Guerrero yeah, no, or a no. He hit one a, home run last season. He's I mean, he rocketed the ball. He got that ball up in the jet stream because the wind at the beginning of the game was coming in straight off the lake right in the center field. And then flags started cross-whipping. Right, and knocking he everything got down. it up in that jet stream, and it just got off. Yeah. <laughs> there was a couple balls that Naylor had hit at him that would have been 13 line drives that just took off. And, you know, the balls were hit hard that day. There were some balls that that wind just took and, I mean, whipped. And about the fifth, sixth, we said, what? What do we do here? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you got to think about here. I get Toronto comes to town once a year. Um, so you don't really want to bring them back on an off day and, you know, s- send them out there. So, you know, you don't want to do that. So that's why they. That's the problem with the scheduling. The way yeah. It is. It, it, it is so compacted that you don't have 
an off day each week. Right. You know, the Indians went, what, 27 days without an off day? And now they're going to have three starting in eight days on Thursday or something yeah, like that. That's why they're playing two doubleheaders back-to-back because they can legitimately get them in and have the days yeah, off. And that requirement for the baseball uh, you know, union uh, I contract. I understand the seven-inning games. I kind of like them to the point where it adds intrigue from the start. You know, like if you give up a run or two in the first two innings, it's like, it's like ah, all right, it's not that bad. But when you give up a run or two in the first two innings of seven in the game, it's late already. Like, you got to go. So it adds more intrigue. I would almost be a fan of if you're going to play a doubleheader, play the regular scheduled game as nine innings, and then play the postponed game as seven. Yeah, I mean, that's the way minor league used to do it many years yeah. ago. The first game yes. was a full yes. game. The second game was a seven-inning yes. game. I, I would rather see that. Yes. I don't feel – I honestly believe that as a fan, you, you're, you're getting gypped. With well, two seven-inning games. I understand last season. I understand season that, goes, too. Last season's fine. Yeah, last season gets thrown out the window. It was totally unique to itself. Did you know itself. the last teams to play and the standard ending doubleheader were the White Sox? Yes, it happened last year yeah. before they yes, changed the rules. you're right. That was yes. the day before they changed the rules, yeah. And I think a week later they changed I the rules. I think because one of our doubleheader games with 12, 13 innings. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, and now if you get rained out with tickets... You can't even go to the doubleheader the next day. Yeah. Like, if fans had tickets for Saturday, they couldn't go to yesterday's game. They had re- redeemed during June 11th. And you're like, you know, that's kind of a... Yeah, it could be an inconvenience for many. Yeah, like, if people driving out of town for Memorial Day weekend and want to go see a ball game, if there's Blue Jays fans, you know, they they flock to Cleveland. And when the Blue Jays right. come here, they flock to Cleveland. This year, obviously, yeah, with the yeah. border scenario, doesn't count. But you're Different, right. Different, yeah. In You're a right. Year, no, the OJ fans will flock here. They'll flock to Detroit. Oh yeah, it, they travel. Just, yeah, they they travel. They travel well. You know, you don't think of them. I don't want to say they're not great baseball fans because they're good baseball fans. Um, but you don't think of them as Yankee fans or fans or you know Dodger fans. But they it, travel well. You got to remember also that they're the only team in town mm-hmm. in Canada. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously with Montreal disappearing many years ago now, and now. The only team in Canada when they play there yeah. is the Blue Jays. Blue Jays. Yeah, so they have fans throughout the entire country, and so it may be more agitated or yeah. better for some to go to Detroit yes. or Cleveland, Cleveland or yes. Boston, yes. wherever it may be, just to watch a game. Yeah, right. Well, just because it's opportunity mm-hmm. to to see their team, and they don't have to go to, to Toronto to see it. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, uh, we'll see. You know, I I know what you're saying. It's 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 a different scenario. Uh, baseball has gone through an evolution of change. Some of it is good, some of it's bad. Or some of it is less than desirable. Mm-hmm. Let me say it that way. I get it that change happens in all sports. But if you're going to make change and try to make a tournament, you really have to be critical about the decision to mm-hmm. need to revert back or to make additional changes to make it. I hate saying this, but... Because of the, how many games are packed in together and the lack of double headers and mm-hmm. how long the season runner at second base is staying. Yes. And I is. don't like it. I don't like it, but I tell you what I would do. I don't mind this. If you're going to have it, I would play the 10th inning under normal baseball rules. Almost like college football. Play the first overtime, and then now they change it to the second overtime. you got to go for two. Fine. I would be fine. You play the, the first Training either the eighth inning or the tenth inning. 
the normal baseball rules. Then, starting 11th inning, I would put the runner at first base. I wouldn't put him at second base, put him at first base. So it's, you can still get out with double play if you're the pitching team, and you can still get him over, get him in with, you know, the I, get, I understand team. exactly what you're saying, and that's not a terrible idea, by but, the way. I think it's a fair idea. Go but ahead. I think, I like that rule. It will never happen because, hey, there are the hitting, the situational hitting, going to the opposite field, putting the bunt down and all this, it's gone from baseball. Right? It's, you know, a bloop and a blast or hope to God the opposing pitcher goes 27-5 and five for balls to strikes ratio like we had yesterday with the Indians. Um, so the runner at second base is And there are some teams where they can't get them on from second base, period. I mean, saw the Twins this year until they beat us last Sunday. They couldn't get them home from second base. Just couldn't. There's times um, the Indians haven't yeah, been able they, to. Yeah. Um, so, unfortunately, I think it's starting. Um, I would almost propose, if you're going to put them at second base, start meeting with an out. Yeah, I think or, we're going too far there. I would like to see the guy at first base and then go from there, but like it, there's second uh, base here tonight. One of the one of the minor league experiments this year, for, and it might even be the one up in uh, Niles this year. Draft league with yeah. the draft league is you put runners at first and third with one, and uh, I don't. I'm it's, not. I I think you're taking it too much. That's too far. Yeah. Well, too many extras. Um, I not, get, I understand the thought process. The thought process is to get the game over. Okay, it's the same process. Of college football putting yes. the ball at the twenty-five yard line. I'm not like that overtime. I just think it's too short. I've said this too. before. I can handle the runner at second base. I kind of like your idea, and I'm probably even more of a traditionalist saying give it at least two innings of normal baseball, yeah. and then That's put fine, the runner yeah. in in the twelfth inning at second yes. base. Now, the reason obviously why we have the runner at second base is. And the reason I think Major League Baseball managers are more open to it, it saves their bullpen. Oh, yes. And you don't have the chances of a 15-6 game as much as you had had in the, in the past. past. Yeah. Now, obviously, it could happen. It's just they're less likely. I definitely agree about the double headers. The first game should be a regular length. second game could be seven innings. Which but, yeah. I think two seven-inning games is... It's just high school baseball. And I, right. hate, I hate to put it that you're way. Right. No, you're it's, you're it's high school right. baseball, and it's not fair to the fans. No. That's my opinion. And I would even go on to say, we're going to see change in baseball. I hope that they revisit all these rules that they're changing. And they put some some critical thought process to it and say, okay, let's we have we almost have it right, but we can, we can make an alter mm-hmm. here. Uh, I think yesterday was a perfect example of what you were talking about. The first game was the Indians. They were down 4 nothing early mm-hmm. in the seven-inning game. Pretty much fell over in the it third It was over, inning. yeah. You're right. Now, the Indians had an one inning where they may have That's been right, able to yeah. get some runs. It didn't. I mean, obviously they didn't. And they only had the one home run by Naylor. But, yeah, I felt the game was pretty much over when the fourth run scored. Yep. I mean, and that was what in the second inning. Yeah. I, think I they, was on the they golf scored, course yesterday, so I did not. Uh, yeah, I believe they scored four. I was listening to it four working the second, in the yard. Four, yeah. yeah, I think it was four in the second or the third. And pretty much. At that point, the game was over. And I'll be quite honest. I thought the game was over after they needed to put four in the six in the second game to tie the game at four. 
and give up a run in the top of the seventh, and it was 5-4. I, well, uh, they're going to lose this game. Yep. That's right. And I did not see the the bottom of the seventh, or I didn't watch it, listen to it, because I don't actually can watch them. Yeah. Um, I was out working on a yard again, and I later found out that gave us the game by walking four straight batters. And Thank you, the Charlie Indian, Montoya, yeah. for not getting your bullpen up. Well, you know, here's the thing. Uh, it's a seven-inning game. You're going to stretch your pitchers. Yeah. There's where that comes in into you don't want to use your bullpen if on a short game if you don't have to. And I get it. It's, you know, he took a Thankfully, chance and it backfired. Right. It, he took a chance and it backfired. Uh, yeah, he should have got his bullpen up after the second walk. Yep. There's no question about it. He did uh, he had faith that his player could come through. He gave him an opportunity. They gave us a free run. We took advantage of it. And then, obviously, Ramirez hit the, the sack five, and they were able to score. Uh, yeah, that's baseball, though. I mean, that's – I hate to say it. You have to no, take that's advantage. baseball right now, yeah. You have to take advantage of opportunities. And hopefully, you know, the Indians right now are just about started. So we'll see what happens today's doubleheader, and, uh, and we'll go from there. And, but, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the seven innings. I, I wish no, – that's one part of the rule change that came in last year. I understood last season and a sixty-game season and all the all the craziness. I was all for it last year because you needed to try something. Yeah, again, I think the players today. Oh, I hate to say it, I use this word. They're soft compared to oh, years that, gone by. Absolutely, I hate using terms like that because I think it's it's dis, uh, a disservice to those who play. But I think most players would. Uh, Agreed it is seventh inning, seven inning games and stuff because they don't want to be out there that long. Uh, the game was two hours and five, seven minutes yes. uh, yesterday or something like that. Yeah, two hours. Five I hate minutes, to say that. Minutes, yeah, this is my concern. Exactly. Is that game was so fast that Major League Baseball is going to go to a seven inning game in the future? Yep. And I will have no interest in one. That's not baseball, Devin. It's high school baseball, which is fine for high school. Yes. But that's, this is major leagues. This that's is the, the major the, leagues. Yeah, and, and the game was designed from the very beginning with nine many, innings. How many games have you seen? We've been a part of them, playoffs of regular season, where the game is one in the eighth and ninth inning. You know, if you go back and if you played seven inning games in 95, the Indians might have a losing record because they had so many comebacks. Anthony, in the game has changed so much. The Indians and many base teams in baseball today have a 9 or 10 man bullpen. Yeah. All right. I'm going to age myself here. Back in the day, I'll use that terminology. There was thought that you couldn't have more than 10 pitchers total in on your staff. Five starters, five relievers. That's it, yeah. And that's all you had. If you carried 11, that was a luxury. Yep. Now they're now that you're talking about 15. 13. Yes, yeah. you're talking about 15 players. And now you get the extra player because of the doubleheader. You got 27-man roster uh, for a game. It, it's, it's just shocking how the game has changed. And we can't see to identify the needs. Has the shift changed baseball? Yes. Can they alter that rule in the future? Yes. I think we're going to see that coming. I don't think they should get rid of the shift completely. I think they can alter it. That's what they're going to do. But part of me feels like, yeah, you got to – I'm okay. If you want to shade your infield and outfit a certain way, that's on you, and you should be able to do that. Absolutely. Um, I think, though, what um, Archie Bradley said and Clayton Kershaw said also, um, where you have to have a minimum of two infielders on the left side and right side together. Correct. And that second base – 
is that median where you can't cross and go to third. Right. And I if think you that... want to put a guy in shallow right field or shallow left field, fine, do it. This is on the hitter now to go the opposite way and drop the bunt down. Well, yes, and and I'm not saying that can't be done, but I believe the rule that they're trying at at the minor league level in uh, the Atlantic League, I believe, is how they're uh-huh. doing it. Is they have spike on the dirt on yes. the dirt, so yes. you can't have that rover in, in left outfield, field, yeah, in, in right field, mm-hmm. which is fair. I don't have a problem with that. Um, and I actually kind of respect that. And I would like to see that rule and the idea of, like you said, your shortstop cannot be on the second base uh-huh. side of the infield, you know, before the pitch. It has to be, you know, on the second base side where you would have. And I think that'd be fair. Uh, you have to open up the game in a little ways. You look at the same thing has been done offensively to create offense in football. Uh-huh. You look at how you can't breathe on a receiver today. Nope. Without a flag being thrown, you can't touch a receiver after five yards. You know, you can't hit them above the the shoulders. You know, there's so many rules that have been placed either for safety or to open up the game. Uh-huh. And, you know, if there's a 55-yard interference play in the NFL, so be it. You put yep. the ball inside the, wherever it was. Uh-huh. And, and the reason they do that is to create offense and to create scoring. Uh, I think if baseball took that type of theory – to the game and said spikes on the dirt and I'm runner okay with spikes on the dirt. Yeah, spikes on the dirt and runner has or shortstop can't or shortstop or second uh-huh. baseman can't be uh-huh. on. You know, you can't load one side with three yes. infielders. I, I have no problem. If you want to bring an outfielder in as your extra one and go with two outfielders, that's up to you. Yes, I don't have a problem with that. If you say, oh, I got two sisters and I'm going to put them in right center and left center, Fine. and I'm going to bring my center fielder in or left fielder, whoever it may be, to play yeah. in that gap position, I don't have a problem with that. I don't because that's just a way to make to make that decision. But you're going to give up space in the outfield because you know you believe yes. uh, you see that in extra inning game, you know bases loaded in such scenarios where you you know cover as much ground as possible. So again, strategy. I don't want to take it away from uh, from. Uh, Managers, but in the same vein, you need that. Uh, Rick Kluber threw a no-hitter the other day, about a week ago. And now he's out eight weeks. Well, yeah, that's heartbreaking. That's heartbreaking. But what I was going to get to is, because of the shift, in the ninth inning, there was a line drive yep. right up the mm-hmm. middle that probably yep. is a base set yep. most days, but it was caught. Nothing wrong with that. Fair is fair. I mean, everybody knows where the, the players are at ahead of time. So, But that's baseball today. Yeah. You're going to get both ways. Uh, I think Yadier Molina is probably the best player against the show, a catcher. He's learned how to hit the ball on a line drive above above the reach yes. of the second baseman and shortstop, and he's getting base hits. And it's an emotive, it he's is phenomenal. Fun. Well, here's a guy who's a catcher who's going to catch probably 135, maybe 140 games. And, and he's, no and he's, act- he's actually getting better as a hitter. Yes. Because he's made this adjustment that not many players in baseball have. Him and give Chris him credit Bryan, for making those those moves. Him and Chris Bryan, um, both this year, have probably been the two most hitters that have done a really nice job adapting to his now. Yeah. Um, you know, Bryant's kind of gone, gone off the lunch angle point and gotten back to singles and Dow Street. Right. 310, yeah. 315. And Molina, he just, uh, I mean, we've seen this for, what, 10, 15 years now. He's... A top three catcher in base, and uh, he's getting better. You're right; he's getting better with age. He's getting better offensively. You don't see offensive numbers get better at his age. No, no, you don't. Um, but 
you know, he he's made the Tell adjustment. How smart he is. Oh yeah. Well, he's, <laughs> you know the old the old Chris Berman uh, joke. Know your moder- know your Molina back in the day when you there was three catchers uh, out there. But uh, it was fun. You know who's good too when he's healthy, Joey, because he will take that little chuck swing down the third baseline. And Joey Votto's a hitter. He's he's always been he's, a hitter. You're right, he's, a hitter. He's, he's not a power hitter, but he can put power numbers up. He's a baseball He'll take player. His walk. He's a baseball yes. hitter, and you're going to get those type of players. I'll say this about hitters and going back to Friday night's game. Uh, first of all, I don't think that game's been played. Maybe I'm saying that because my team lost 11 2 and I sat through it. But I said that at 2 nothing when we were up 2 nothing at the base loss that this game should not be played right now. Um, I tell you what, I was really impressed with just hitters going opposite field, opposite field, opposite field, staying on the. I believe it's got a good lineup. That's a team that's got a good lineup. When Springer comes back healthy, Look out. Uh, they got some guys in AAA, some pitchers that are really, um, probably not there yet bullpen-wise. But that's even a couple years that Shapiro and Ross Atkins are building really good. They are a team on the rise. There's no question about it. We've seen it for the last few in the future. And Vladimir Guerrero can play a hell of a race. Well, I think long-term, they're going to find a left-handed bat to add to that lineup to, to even it out. I will say this, and I do believe this is a t- maybe not in 2021 to win a World Series. In 2022, 23, yep. mm-hmm. it's very Absolutely possible. Dim. And you're exactly right. They are a team that's on the rise. And you see how they played this past weekend. Yep. And you see how they have the ability uh, to continue to get better. It's just a matter of most teams, you can see the talent level and you know what's going to happen sooner or later. Yes. Now, winning a World Series takes a lot of good fortunes along the way. Yes. You got to stay healthy, get some good breaks. Yeah, and you have to yeah. make the right plays mm-hmm. and right timing of trades and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Uh, obviously, I look at the Indians, and I'll say the same thing. This team is not far away from contending. No. It really isn't. It has a starting pitching. It has flaws in a young starting pitching staff, and we've seen that with the three, four, and five stars yes. all season long. They all shown promises. Yes, and they've all shown days where they just don't have it. That's to be expected with a young pitching staff. Uh, but with Beaver, you do have a, a legitimate ace, and hopefully they'll lock him up long-term. That's, I do see promises. The The lineup, there's intrigue in that there's lineup. There's talent there. It's a matter of harnessing it. It's a matter of mm-hmm. finding the right ingredients, one through nine, that works. Obviously... Hernandez uh, uh, leading lead off. off makes a big difference. He's a better leadoff hitter than he is at two yes. or three. Uh-huh. Uh, Ramirez is better when Reyes is in the lineup, oh, yeah. you know, and stuff like this. Uh, Rosario's, both of them, they have talent. We'll see. Eddie Rosario, I really think we're going to see more of what he is June, July, and August versus what we've seen in April and May. I'd say what, and too. I, and I think Ahmed... Honestly, has a nice bat. last month has played really, really well. The problem with the Indians, defensively, they're terrible. Oh, they're awful. They <laughs> and, are, and then you're just they, giving away too many outs. It's the routine plays to me that's concerning. The inability to read the fly ball is really scary. We know they don't have great arms in the outfield, but the routes they take on some balls, even the balls that are caught, it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, your best defensive outfielder is Jordan Luplo. And he gets injured every other play. Yeah. <laughs> He's injured every other play. Um, well, now with Bradley Zimmer up, he's the best defensive outfielder, but he hits like you and me. I would like to see Zimmer out there more. 
I, I would. Well, we have to find out what he can do. Exactly. I, and I've Put said him in this, center field. Let's go. Same thing with Jordan Lupo and others. We have to find out exactly who they are. And it's a difficult subject. We're finding out what Naylor can be. Is Naylor really a first baseman playing right field? That might be the case. But we, I think we can honestly now say we know who Jake Bowers is. And the Indians have to make a decision on what they want to do with him. As uh, far as I'm concerned... He's a good first baseman. Well, you have two players on this team right now aren't performing to the level that you would that get playing time. And, that, and, and one's been cut significantly. Uh, Bowers still gets playing time, and he's just not pretty. You can show me the numbers. He's hit the ball hard and fine and dandy. Truth of the matter is, it's may he's not, not It may just not happen. No. Uh, okay. And, and Yu Chang, as much as I was rooting for him to be yeah. successful, he's not good. He needs to be sent down. Yeah. To, to regain his stature, and you have to find somebody. I don't care if you send him down, and you keep Bowers on your t- on your team. I know you don't really have a middle infielder. Per se, but even if you brought up Bradley and let him play first base every just to find out. Well, the way baseball is right now, where it's strikeout or home run, I'm going to take Bobby Bradley's 200 compared to Jake Bowers' 100. Well, we don't know. Here's the thing, and I'll say this: we don't know what Bradley exactly. would do at this we, level. We, he's, he's never had the opportunity. He needs to get a shot like Owen Miller's getting right now, where he's sent well, out see, there every day. Well, see, here's the thing: day. you have Owen Miller as your utility guy. So there's no reason to have you on this exactly. team anymore. Exactly. So you can play Owen Miller at short, at second, at third, in the out. You can do more with him. You, you can with Yu Chang. I mean, Yu Chang's a second baseman, a shortstop, yeah. a third baseman. Really is his trade. Yeah, first base is trade, yeah. First base is where we put him this year. Uh, with Owen Miller up on this team, Yu Chang doesn't have a spot in my mind. No, because so Miller send has him to down. play every night. Yeah, send him down. There's no reason for it. And... If you keep Jake Bowers because you don't want to get rid of a player that you believe that has value, that's fine. Relegate him to backup first baseman, age type and scenario. And the outfield here and there. Correct. And whatever the case may be. And put Bradley in at first. See what he can do. I mean, you, you at this stage in the game, if 2021 is about finding out who your players are as more than it is as to try to win a division, I'm fine with that. Look, if you're making opportunities for players to play who deserve the opportunity. I And this is my belief, and we've already agreed that Bowers is going to get more playing time, because we've got to figure out once and for all, can he help the Cleveland Indians now and long term, or is he someone that had a flash in the pan season and injuries just derailed it? I'm putting him in center field and saying, Bradley, go get him. And I'm putting Harold Ramirez as my view. Because Harold Ramirez hits the ball hard, but he's a terrible outfielder defensively. He's not good. Um, you keep that bat in the lineup. The same question goes: Do you you have to play Bobby Bradley at first base every day? And then um, do you put him at DH at all, or you send him out there and say you're our first baseman? You do both. To be quite honest with you, like I just said, let's assume you make these moves. You chain goes down. Chain down and Bradley up. And Bradley comes up. Bradley plays primarily 80% of the games at first base. He's going to be off 10% and play 10% at, uh-huh. at DH. DH yep. Okay. Those 20% of the games where he's not in, Bowers is going to be playing first or DH uh-huh. or outfield or whatever the case yeah. may be. We've made a decision that Ahmad Rosario is going to be short playing job, short yep. throughout the year. Yep. 
So you know who, he's not going to be playing in the outfield no more. So you take him out of the mix and puts Bradley into them. And as for Ramirez, I have no problem sharing some time, maybe 35, 40% of the time in the outfield and at DH yes, because yep. obviously you don't have Re- Re- right, Reyes yeah. for the next you know two months. So there is an answer here. I can't truly believe this has not been discussed. Oh, but, sure you know, and yeah. it has to be discussed, and it needs to be discussed. As much as I like Yu Chang, and I think long term it'll be fine. He needs to re- he needs to play every day and get his swing back. He may be back by August type scenario, yeah. and and be very helpful to the. Indians. But right now, and Bobby Bradley, the reason why he's not here, from every indication that I hear and everything that I read, he swings Strike and that. misses too much. Way too much. It swings and misses. It's not strikeouts. It's the miss opportunity to, to make contact with them. You can be a person who strikes out either A because it's swing and a miss or uh-huh. call strike three, but you're making contact. My understanding is he's not making contact often enough, meaning he's not fouling the ball off. He's not making contact to the ball, uh, and that's where they're concerned. That could be frustration because he's at AAA and uh-huh. not at the major league level. We don't know that until he's here to play. But I think – as June is now basically has arrived. Yeah, here tomorrow, yeah. It's time. It's, it's time. It's time to make a few moves on the Indians roster and give these players an opportunity to play. Uh, I can't say for sure it's going to happen, but you know, Jake Bowers just didn't work out. You know, uh, I don't think they're going to release him, but he could definitely be regulated to the bench as a pinch hitter, yeah. as a backup first baseman, outfielder, uh, yeah. and DH. And you can bring Bradley up and give him 150 yep, at bats, exactly. and we can at least evaluate him at the major league. Um, I think that would be the most important thing the Indians can field. And the pro- the problem is you don't have you now. I know Cheeto loves this. You don't have that right-handed off the bench. You got oh. Bowers and Bradley. He, he loves that. Here's the thing: you can't always have what you want. No, uh, and, and it's just like at the dinner table. You can't always order everything it, off the yep. menu. Sometimes you have to make it for what you have. And then you go out and make change. Uh-huh. And they may make a small minor league deal where they pick up a player or a player becomes available and yep. they'll bring them onto the roster. There's a lot of the season left. There's only been two months into the But we've seen enough from certain players. And they've made them, like Hernandez, you know, they, they made a decision to send him down. Uh-huh. Even being an overmatched, you know, that was fine. They gave him a shot. I have no problem with yeah, what they did. Yeah, you got to give him a shot, yeah. It was no, you have a deficiency in center field. Put Rosario out there so he can play it. I had no problem uh-huh. with any of those decisions. Maybe they're not optimal, but in the same vein, they were they had legitimate reasons behind it. And now it's time to use that same reasoning to make some alter to your rotation. Or, yeah, rotation is going to be in trouble yep. right now. If you can pick up a, a, a player, a better, yeah. yeah, for the right price, it's something to think about because you're going to be missing. Well, this is where Antonetti and Chernoff is going to earn their money this, yep. the rest of the way because these are the decisions they have to make that Tito will have to deal with because they're the ones who construct yep. the, 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 the roster the way right. it is. And I'm sure. Francona has input, and I'm sure his input has his value, high yes. value. But it's also time to recognize what you got and what you have to do, and move forward. And first move to me, as far as pitching is, I'm setting Sam Henchester, and I'm putting Mason Mejia in rotation. I There's, don't think I do that. Mejia was a starter in Columbus. I don't like the idea of 
bring your starter and put him in the bullpen. I don't, I don't like. That. I just can't throw. He cannot throw consistently. I mean, he will walk you out of the game in one inning. I would put, I'd send him down and tinker some stuff because he's gonna be back this year. We know it. But I would put Mejia in the rotation or put Quantrill in the rotation. Well, I think Quantrill will go in the rotation. It's just a matter of they're taking opportunities to stretch him out. It's just a matter of when. Mm-hmm. It's not if. It's when. Right now, I think Contwell will go into the nation because of the injuries and everything that's going on. You need him, yeah. Yeah, it's just you, certain things have to happen. And we've seen him right now stretching him out. Yep. So, And today's game one starter. This is a big start for McKenzie again. Well, Detroit was a nice start, and there's a bad He's probably going to so be sent down again after the game. Uh, that's just the way it's going to yeah. work. But that's okay. We'll see what, we'll see what he does. Yes, uh, Detroit's not a good team, so we'll see how he performs. Uh and I think the Indians will continue to manipulate the lineup. And we'll just see exactly what happens for the – you know, well, I hate to say it month by month, but right now that's where gonna, they're at. You're going to have to piece together week by week at this point. This team is still on pace to win the eight games this year. Which is – which with without your number two or three starter, which, you know, whatever way you want to say that, without your 30, 35, 80 to 90 RBI, and without your starting catcher, uh, that's – it's incredible. Well – that's incredible. Again, on pace, does that mean it's going to happen? No. It, but I will say this. They have the opportunity to be successful, and I think long-term that can happen. I do want to change the subject yes. here first. Uh, this past week, mm-hmm. uh, last Saturday, not today or yesterday, mm-hmm. but uh, a week ago, I had the opportunity to do a DFL football game um, that is the developmental National Developmental Football League yeah. or something like that. I forget what it's called. Anyways, doesn't matter. The Ohio Gladiators. Yes. What a fun group they're going to be. And here's here's some fun things we're going to do. I've already made contact with, obviously, the head coach uh-huh. and others. We're going to try to get some of them on the podcast for just to get to know who the players are and the coaching staff and uh-huh. stuff like that. So we're going to have that throughout the summer. Um, uh, we got about five or six games uh, scheduled on 12-ounce sports. Uh-huh. Uh by the way, terrific uh, first time we got together last Saturday. We did a preseason game with the Lake Erie Explosion, uh-huh. who, by the way, have a female owner. Really? A woman owner. So uh, I reached out to her. We're going to bring her on and find out about cool. that. Yeah. Um, their team is not good, but first year in experience, uh, first year's plan. So yeah. we're going to talk to her. And I've made all these contacts here in the last week. We're going to have some fun uh, talking to a lot of people. Uh, this season mm-hmm. uh, about the uh, the semi-pro football league the end so uh, should be a lot of fun uh, or the GDF excuse me that's not G- gridiron football league when is game two I believe the 19th 19th is going to be the next home game and they play at Marlington High School okay, uh, over in Alliance yeah. so it should be uh, it was a great experience like I said uh, working with Jeff and Casey what a unique setup man really every game is going to be streamed uh, the video streamed uh, live on YouTube. That's pretty cool. And you can just search 12-ounce sports. Mm-hmm. All their programming is archived on YouTube. You can find that game. It's only like two, and a half, two hours long. So yeah. uh, no color you... analyst with me. Yeah. But uh, it is going to be – I think it's going to be enjoyable. And I, Any I hope new you rule all changes that are different from normal football? Or... No, I think they basically use the NFL rules. The NFL rules. Uh, the only difference is they, they do have – the college rules with numbers. So you'll see a number one yeah. on both offense yeah. and defense, so you have to know. You, who. Yeah. And getting rosters is always an intriguing uh, scenario. Uh-huh. 
uh, or, or having accuracy, but that's a different story and not really anyone cares about. But um, yeah, my whole point is get out there. We're gonna we're gonna be talking about it. Uh, I'm gonna try to bring Anthony along a couple games. And, uh, Football never ends around, does it? No, it's it's around. Football never ends in Northeast Ohio, does it? No, and it's it's really. I'm really glad I had this opportunity. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Now, obviously, I did some games with Jim uh-huh. and the guys over at Western Reserve Radio the last uh-huh. few years, Erie Express, yep. and, and a few others. So we have, um, yeah, some interesting things. What, what's re- really fun what I wanted to talk about is there are three players, I believe, from our general area who are playing on the Ohio Gladiators. And I have the roster right here as we speak. And... Probably one that we did not get a chance to see him play when he played huh? because we didn't cover Camel very often. Yeah. But DJ Harrison is a quarterback wide receiver. Okay. Uh, from Camel Memorial High School, who's playing. He was the starting quarterback in the game. Uh, what a great athlete. What a fun, great athlete that he uh, We have Todd Mitchell, a defensive back. I've heard of, yeah. Uh, from Youngstown East. Uh-huh. Uh, Mike Thomas, a wide receiver from Youngstown East. Uh, let's see if I can see in uh, and Devontae Fleekton, um, a safety from uh, Youngstown East, is on this uh, squad. Oh, here we go. From Cheney, Robert Berkeley, a linebacker. Okay. Uh, just to name you, I mean, there's quite a few from our area. Uh, from Alliance is uh, Stephen Hancock, um, just uh, Salem, Mike Demko. Uh, he's an offensive lineman. A few from. Uh, Ravenna area, too. And, uh, from Youngstown State, uh, Anthony. Uh, Devereaux McCall, a defensive end. Okay. You remember him? Uh-huh. 6'2", 262-pounder. So, uh, yeah, there's quite a few. Matter of fact, here's one for me. I just seen his name here. I don't know if I've seen him play. I'm not sure what his age is. But from Titusville, uh, that's over in yeah, uh, Western PA. PA. Yeah. Uh, Nate Bowens, a 6'1", 180-pounder. So I'm just looking at the roster as we go on. But uh, the roster consists of uh, a lot of really quality players. Matter of fact, here was uh, a player who uh, is the kicker, also is a quarterback and a wide receiver. Holy crap. Uh, from St. Ignatius High School, Danny Skalecki. I've heard of him, yep. Yeah. Uh, Six-foot, 160-pounder. Uh, played in the second half at quarterback uh, uh, Saturday. Actually, the fourth quarter was really, I mean, Truly a great athlete. Matter of fact, um, uh, DJ Harrison Jr. caught through the first, ran in the first touchdown from nine yards, uh-huh. threw a touchdown pass, and caught a touchdown pass. So he's do everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's just that he's athlete. He's do everything. Yeah, he's just that athlete. And like and I said. wait. They get him involved in multiple areas of the offense? Shocking, isn't it? I haven't seen that. And maybe, maybe we won't bring a. Uh, I haven't seen that in a year. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe we'll uh, we'll bring Youngstown State's offensive coordinator to the game. <laughs> yeah, they had people in motion and everything. Really? Let's see, what's going on? Uh, I forgot what yeah, motion there you is. Go. Yeah, yeah. Lost what is difference. motion? Can you explain that to me again? <laughs> <laughs> I even see multiple people in motion. No. Yes. <laughs> no, I thought that was illegal. <laughs> Only oh, turn up field. Really? Uh, yeah, shocking. Did but, they throw the ball beyond five yards? Oh, uh, yeah. Whoa, really? Yeah. The one that DJ uh, DJ Harrison caught was like a fifth, almost a 50-yard touchdown pass. Do you have any college? Uh, 
I do not know. I tell you what, I would. It, it, usually, the high school players do not. Yeah. I mean, mean they, they usually if they're listed as high school players, they, they did yeah. not play at the collegiate level yet. So they're looking for an yeah. opportunity. Those who played at the collegiate level usually have graduated and just want to continue to play. Um, they they have a few of these. Uh, I mean, a lot of them are you know the high the college players. Uh, like I said, have probably used out their eligibility, uh-huh. and that's just the, the highest level they played. The ones who are high school players are ones who are available uh, to possibly uh, be walk-ons or uh, have an opportunity to uh, you know crack a uh, a collision team at any level, at Division One or Division uh, Three. I'm know. just shocked that we we can put players in motion and throw the ball downfield and. It's not the same halfback dive up the middle every time. That, to me, yeah. is – I mean, I haven't seen that in ages. Uh, it's, it's absolutely insane, isn't it? Uh, you would never expect that. Oh, let's see. Oh, here we go. Here. Hang on here. I got another uh, name to throw. It was a very good uh, – he played the second – he played probably the second and third quarter at quarterback. He's from Colgate. Okay. Played uh, quarterback, I guess, at Colgate. Charles Babb. 6'2", 225-pounder. Uh, yeah. uh, I think they made the playoffs with him. Yeah, uh, he was a, I'll tell you what, an impressive uh, young man uh, throwing the ball. He's the one who threw the touchdown pass that okay. I was telling you uh, to Harrison. So, yeah, I think it's going to be really fun to uh, cover the Ohio Gladiators this year and uh, see some of the uh, the teams. There's my little cheat sheet I uh, was going off of with the uh, players' names and uh, where they came from. And I'm just looking to hear uh, – Mike Rickick from uh, Timken High School in, in Canton. Yeah. yeah, and uh, like I said, there's many. Uh, some from Mountain Union, some from Ohio University, collegiate level. Some from Canton McKinley High School. Like I mentioned, there's uh, a few from Youngstown East playing um, uh, for the Ohio Gladiators. Uh, DJ Harrison Jr. from Camel uh-huh. Memorial. So, yeah, there's some really great young talent and athletes. Uh, Check it out either on YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitter. It's all simulcast at one time, uh, the video. Uh So you can catch it anywhere there. Just follow 12-Ounce Sports. I will give you the information. It's that. And we're going to try to get some people on from there. And uh, from the Ohio Gladiators and from the Gridiron uh, Developmental Uh Football League. And we're going to enjoy a little football this summer. Uh, to go along with our baseball talk, because, you know, baseball's six months long, and yeah. there's a lot going on. As you know, we just spent like 40 minutes talking about it. But I wanted to get this in because it's been a lot of fun. And uh, two other notes I, I want to give. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to contact uh, James Donson. We had him on last week uh-huh. uh, previewing the Indy 500. Going to have him come back to wrap it up. Uh, if he's available, we're yeah. going to get him on this podcast. If he's not available, we're going to get him on the next one. And I have already scheduled uh, Gemma Bastiani to make her return there you go. to the podcast. So we may double that one up as a single podcast coming your way. Uh, we'll have James uh, and uh, Gemma Bastiani coming on. So uh, it's going to be phenomenal uh, talking to uh, uh, Indy 500 and footy again, as yeah. we did uh, last week. I want to thank uh, Coach Hess. From the Des Moines Roosters, who uh-huh. joined us last week, again uh, from uh, the U.S. AFL. That's another yes. uh, thing we'll be talking about, maybe as the season progresses. So, uh, yeah, a lot going on this summer. There's so it should ton. be a lot there, of fun. A ton. It's baseball, 
uh, football never ends around here. Yeah. It's one sport that 24-7-365 around this area. Um, and we didn't even touch on this podcast on the 6-0 and Mahoney Valley Scrappers who were just taking names. Just, I mean, yeah. what a job by Coca Crisp. I have not seen a complete game yet. I've watched a couple innings here and there. Um, there was some talent in this league. I like this whole idea of this league. I really do. I think it's a really neat idea. Um, it's stolen straight from – there's two leagues, and I can't remember the names. I Cape have, Cod. The Cape Cod and League. The, there's one in Texas area, too. Yeah, there's one that in Mike Texas. That Mike Hargrove ended up managing for a while. And there's one in Minnesota, too. Or is it Oklahoma? I forget exactly where. Might have been Oklahoma. Yeah, Cape Cod and around the Midwest yes, out there, Yes, yes, because uh, I remember Mike Hargrove, when he retired from the Major League Baseball as a manager – he spent some time off and then wanted to get back to the roots and ended up in this amateur baseball league. Man, and there was a big story about it. And I want to say it was in Oklahoma, but I'm not 100% sure. It might have been in um, Omaha area uh, where the World Series is for college yeah. baseball. And it was a wood bat type thing. And like you mentioned, the Cape Cod. So they've stolen that idea yeah. and they've, they've created their own league here. Hey, it's good. It's an opportunity. I mean, thank goodness the scrappers didn't have to fold and go away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's maybe a notch lower than what we're expecting, what we're normally seeing out of, you know, low-A baseball from the New York Penn League. Heartbreaking to see that end. But, again, things change, and yeah, you have to it, adapt. It, it, and it, this is an opportunity, and I am, I'm, I'm glad that they all have it. They have got some unique roles in this league. They may have that first and third rule here. There's no extra innings in the league. Yes. Game, no that, which I don't innings. like the idea of a draw. I don't either. I don't either. Um, but I get I it. I understand it. I get it. But I don't like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You don't have to like everything. But I think everything besides that is pretty much status quo. I was teasing the, our good friend um, Steve Ruman, which we'll have to reach out because he's covering yeah. the Scrappers once again this year. Uh, I was teasing him the other day that Scrappers were down eight to one, nine to one, nine to one, nine to one. Okay. Yeah, and it might have been eight to one when I was talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were down nine to one, and they ended up coming back and winning the game. At the time, I was teasing him. I think it was eight to one. I mm-hmm. said, at the time, I yeah. said he goes like this. Well, he looks like I'm going to make my deadline type thing. Yeah. And I was teasing. Him. I said, Hey, look, you're only seven seven runs away from a draw. Yeah, you know? that's right. And, yeah. and, and, you know, and then I was just, but then again, they may put it in the 10, uh, 10 run mercy yeah. roll, you know, uh, I says, I don't know if they instituted that Did yet, but it, I, I don't think they have, but I think they need to, because if they're going to have draws, they, they might as well have the 10 run mercy roll after five innings and end the game. Yeah. That's, that's oh. a good thing they did for that because the Scrappers <laughs> made a hell of a comeback in the ninth inning. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so I was teasing him. I says, oh, well, don't we? I says, should we? He goes, no, they don't have that rule lines. yet, but I'm rooting for it. I started laughing. I tell you um, what, Coca Crisp's done a heck of a job's games. I'm not surprised. He's a baseball kid. I mean, I can't, I shouldn't say. He's been around it a long time. He's and, a lifer. Uh, probably will be. Yes. Um, and well, so this is just a stepping stone from his. Well, they, I mean, that's what this league's for, is to give people opportunities to do they've never done before. Uh, you're not, this is not like Indians organization yeah. to, trying to find yeah. you know, yeah. 35 players that will come and go yes. uh, throughout the season to develop, you know, either through the, you know, and it's just, it's totally different. These are players from across the country playing 
were to get to get drafted. Yeah. Right. It's just a totally different atmosphere. It's almost like, uh, I hate using this comparison, Class B plus. Yeah. Uh, or if you want to call it Class A. Uh, but it's basically like a open job interview. Yes. Most of these players were probably would have been drafted. Yes. And sent to low A baseball or rookie league baseball mm-hmm. and have that opportunity. Now, this is an opportunity for them. It's kind of similar, not the same. And, and this is probably a bad, more I think, a, yeah. a bad um, comparison. But as I was just talking about the GDFL. Yes. If you're a high school player and you want to continue yep. to play and get noticed. Yep. That's your league. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's your league. To maybe get a scholarship somewhere yes. or an opportunity You're to right. walk on. You're right. Uh, this is their audition to be drafted and have a chance to play yes. at the minor leagues. Yep. It's similar. Obviously, this is much more structured and run by Major League Baseball versus some independent Now, are league. these guys getting paid? No. I, I didn't think so. No. When the I didn't think GDFL, so. you don't – the player – it's called semi-pro football – but it really is more minor league football, yeah. meaning these players are still amateurs mm-hmm. who are playing, who practice maybe two days a week, week yeah. and play on the weekend. So they don't, you know, they're not yeah. getting a lot of practice time. But the whole thought process for these players, especially if they're high school players that didn't mm-hmm. play at the Cleveland level, is that they're now going to have tape that they can send out to whatever colleges yes. you know they're out there to try to continue their career. It's also for the player whose career is over either, you know, they're not going to get to the next uh-huh. level or they play at the next level and they're not going to play at the NFL level. Uh-huh. Or even if they were a guy who played in the NFL but is not never going to play back yep. in the NFL, who wants to continue to play the game of football can. So that's why you see these collegiate players play. And I'm sure some of them will Maybe get offers at the next level, you know, if they truly developed. And who knows? But that's it's similar thought process. These players who are playing in this league are not being paid at, at the, at, in, the, um, in, the, in the baseball league. Uh-huh. So, yeah, they're amateurs. And they're amateurs here. So uh, the only difference, just like I said, you have probably better organizational run yes. scenarios, more professional run organizations, and I say that because they've been doing it forever, like the Sprappers mm-hmm. and stuff yep. like that. And while the owners who run these teams, some of them have a much better organization or a bigger organization because yep. they can afford it. Uh, but, yeah, for 5 bucks or 7 bucks, you get yeah. to go out and see a Absolutely. football game in, in June and July. If you love football, I recommend it highly. Uh, you know, Jim... Craven used to run the the Western Reserve Scourge, Scourge yeah. uh, many years, and uh, you know they won a championship in their league years ago, and uh, they had crowds here locally. So yeah, uh, get out and support. Uh, it will be a lot of fun. Matter of fact, my understanding is our game uh, with uh, the Ohio Gladiators will be simulcast on Western Reserve too. So uh, if you're ever you know out there listening, that's uh, another way just to listen uh-huh. to the ball game. My broadcast is uh, not video stream. It's video stream. I because I know we also have just audio listeners. Uh-huh. I do it as a radio broadcast, even though there's visual yes. effect and you can see what's going on. So yes. obviously, many play-by-play announcers to do television let the pitchers tell a lot yes. of the story. I 
do it as a radio broadcast, yep. so I still give you time and distance yep. and all that information that you usually see yeah. in graphs, yep. mm-hmm. graphic information because there's audio-only uh, uh, outlets. Mm-hmm. So uh, enjoy it. Have fun. Let us know what's going on. Anthony, uh, we've just spent about an hour uh, talking sports. I don't know what else to talk about. Yeah, it's it's uh, nice to get back. Nice to talk baseball is, as always. My favorite sport. Football doesn't end here. Never sleeps. And we're rolling two months away from high school football and three months away from college football beginning. It'll be interesting to talk to James next week or week after about how the 500 went with 135,000 spectators, the biggest uh, event since the pandemic. Exactly. Uh, see how that went. It's nice, Tim, to get back to normalcy. With, you know, the mask mandate. And what, what tomorrow, say, yeah. 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 Um, nice. The next time I go to the Indian Zoo, I don't have to wear a mask. Oh, t- tomorrow, I keep forgetting today's Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I put to my counter. I don't be late to the game. Yeah, yeah. But it'll be nice not to wear a mask in the game. Yeah, I guess it is the second, actually, yeah. it goes away, hasn't it? Is it I, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know the exact date, but let's put it this way. Many people have already relaxed. It's nice to get back to. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see where it leads. Uh, sports as we. Not to get on tangents, but it's an experiment. We'll find out what, what happens in the next few months. Hopefully good things continue. Um not to get, uh, I'm going to just flat out say, go get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're vaccinated for you can enjoy life. I know I am, and I know many are. Uh, just don't take the chance. Go get vaccinated for you can enjoy life. Yeah, it's just nice to maybe see a light at the end of the tunnel after a long year and a half. And hopefully we can all go to the sporting events with 100,000 people and not have to worry about it. It'd be nice to come fall to be, see the shoe uh, filled again. Uh, the Cleveland Brown Stadium filled again. Yeah, it's just uh, no fun watching. Yeah, football. high school football games yeah. filled again. It, I was fortunate enough to do basketball season this year. There were games where we couldn't do them because yeah. of limitations. There were games where, well, I just about every game I broadcast, I broadcast with a face covering. Yeah. So uh, for basketball season, football, we were kind of in our own little room, so we were able to get away with yeah, it. We were secluded, but yeah, yeah. we still had to wear a mask in and right. out. And... In and out of the, uh, out of yeah. the booth, but. Needless to say, um, it's been an experience. Yep. And, um, yeah, just go get vaccinated. Let's all enjoy the football season coming up. The, let's enjoy the baseball season that's here. Let's uh, let's hope that this is a, the start of a, a way that we all can enjoy our lives again. Yeah, it's a beautiful day today. So I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I hope everybody had a, a very happy, uh, respectful, and good day off if you had it on Memorial Day and we'll talk to you soon right here on Radio MV uh, for Anthony I am Tim stay tuned uh, we've got another one coming your way real shortly with uh, James Donson and Gemma Bastiani and we're going to talk more any 500 and footy coming your way on the next podcast so for Anthony I am Tim have a great day everyone <laughs>